Yo, what's up, everyone? Today we're learning Dafches uh, of Masechta Shabbos. Mm, so, I'm actually re-recording this Daf because this was after uh, this was actually the Daf that on which I discovered my mistake that um, I had kept on saying that Rosh Hashanah is Dalit Amos by Dalit Amos, but really it's Dalit Tfachim. Uh, same for a Carmelist. So I'm re-recording this one. Um, also, there were other issues with that, with uh, the recording of um, uh, Daf Ches. So I'm re-recording it. It's actually a really interesting Daf. It's it's pretty complicated, but it's but 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 it's also interesting. Um, we get into Gemara geometry. We could see um, what geometry was like 1,500 years ago. What did they know? What didn't they know? How accurate were they? How inaccurate were they? Uh, Pythagorean's theorem, um, equating the um, area of a circle versus the area of a square. Um, so this is really interesting stuff that we're going to get to momentarily. Then we also get into complicated stuff that has to do with um, uh, Eruve uh, Truman, um, making an Eruv on Shabbos to be able to extend how far you can walk between cities, uh, things like that. So uh, there is complexity here, as I'm sure everyone has already gotten used to <laughs> in the last few Dapim. Um, yeah, but being a little bit, being a little bit ahead, I can assure you that on, uh, Daf Tess Amud Beis, things lighten up a little bit. Uh, let's go. So we're on Daf Zayin Amud Beis, about two, four, six lines from the bottom, where it says Gufa. Gufa Amr of Chizda. So we had said, um, earlier. Okay. Where was this? Okay. Yeah. It was at the bottom of, uh, Zayin Amud Aleph. We said, no, it's Kanabrishus Ayachid Vizarak Vinach Agabe Agabav. Okay, if somebody um, took a pole and he just kind of stuck it into Rishus Ayachid, Vizarak Vinach Agabav, and then somebody threw something from Rishus Arabim, okay, and it landed on top of this pole in Rishus Ayachid. Afilu Gavoa Mea Ama Chayv Mpnesh Rishus Ayachid Ola Adarakia. So even if this pole is a hundred Amos tall, okay, you're still going to be chayv because the shusayachid goes up indefinitely. It goes up forever. Okay? So, there's actually two interesting things about that. So one is that even if it's a hundred almost tall, uh, you're still going to be chayv because the shusayachid goes up indefinitely. But the second interesting thing about that is that a pole is not dalad al dalad. Okay? And we're saying that if, if the thing lands on this pole, which is not dalad al dalad, dalad tfachim al dalad tfachim, you're still going to be chayv. Now that's interesting because, um, right, Chayev for throwing from Shusarabim into Shusayachid. And it's interesting because we had that whole discussion earlier, a few pages ago, about, you know, do you need the Makum Hanacha to be, do you need Akira and Hanacha from the Makum Dal Radal? And here we seem to be saying no. So the Gemara wants to say, okay, that Lema Rav Chizda Dama Karebi. So let's say that Rav Chista says like Rebbe. Why? If you remember, the Tanya, as we learn in the Bryce, Zarak Vinach al Gabe Ziz Kolshu, Rebbe Machayev Chacham Potum. If a person is standing in Rishus Arabim and he throws Epis and it lands um, in Rishus Arabim on this Ziz Kolshu, on this little bit, on this little something, but it's definitely not Dalad Um So Rebbe says you're going to be Chayev. And I'm sorry, I, did I just say that you threw it in Rishus Arabim and it landed in Rishus Arabim? The assumption right now in the Gemara is that you threw, you're standing in Rishus Arabim and you're throwing it into Rishus Ayachid, okay? And it's landing on this little ziz, on this little something that isn't even Dalad al Dalad. 
and we're saying that you're going to be chayev, okay? Which means, and, and Rebbe says that you're going to be chayev, which means that according to Rebbe, you don't need um, the thing to land in Rishusar Ram on a place of Dalad al Dalad, which seems to be just like Rav Chizda, who seems to be saying that if you're throwing someone from Rishusar Ram and it goes into Rishus and it lands on this pole, you're going to be chayev. So it seems that both Rebbe and Rav Chizda are assuming that the Makom Hanacha doesn't need to be Dalad al Dalad, whereas the Chachamim said that you'd be Potter for doing this because um, they would say that it would have to land in Rishus Ayachid on a Makom Dalad al Dalad. Why, wow, you can really hear the wind howling outside over there. Okay, fine. Um, great. Amar Abaye, no. Abaye says not so great. When it comes to Rishus HaYachid, everyone agrees that it's like Rav Chista, which is that you don't need it to land on a Makam Dalad Adalad in Rishus HaRabim. Okay, so if I throw something from Rishus, I, I'm sorry, in Rishus HaYachid, okay, if I, wow, Rishus HaRabim, Rishus HaYachid, so confusing. If I'm standing in Rishus HaRabim, and I throw something into Rishus HaYachid, okay, and it lands on a place that is not Makum Dalad Al-Dalad, I'm going to be Chayev. Everyone agrees on that, okay, and therefore everyone agrees with Rav Chista that if I throw something from Rishus HaRabim and it lands on a pole in Rishus HaYachid, I'm going to be Chayev. So what's the Machlokas between Rebbe and the Chachamim? So Elohacha be'ilana omed b'rishus ayachid v'nofo noter l'rishus arabim. The machlokas between Rabbi and the Chachamim are when you have a tree, and that tree is in rishus ha'yachid, and it's dalad al dalad. It's four tefachim by four tefachim. Now it has a branch that extends into rishus arabim, and the extension into rishus arabim is just a little itty bit. And you're standing in Rishus Arabim, and you throw something Dalad Amos in Rishus Arabim, and it lands on this little itty bit. So now, in general, we would say that it would have to land on a Makom Dalad Adalad in Rishus Arabim for it to be considered a Chashuva Hanacha. Over here, it landed on something that was smaller than Dalad Adalad, but it was, but it's connected to something that is larger than Dalad Adalad. So the question is, how do we? How do we how do we approach this? Right? So we said, And it landed on this on this little bit that, that's extending into Rishus Arabim. The Rebbe Savar, So Rebbe says that what we do is we take this little bit that's sticking out. And we give it chashivos, we give it significance due to the fact that it's connected to a tree and that tree is dalad al-dalad. So that makes this little bit that's sticking out chashiv enough that we'll consider it a hanacha and you'll be chayiv for throwing dalad amas and rishos arabim. Whereas the chachamim say, I don't care that it's connected to a tree that's dalad al-dalad. This little, it'll, this little bit where the thing landed is not dalad al-dalad. And therefore, it's not chashuv. And therefore, you're going to be potter. Okay, but everyone seems to agree, like Rav Chizda, that if you throw something from Rishus Rabbim into Rishus Hayachid, uh, it wouldn't have to land on a makom dalad dalad. Okay, now we get into um, some Gemara geometry. Okay, here we go. Get ready. It's interesting because you kind of like see 
where the Gemara was holding in terms of uh, geometry, uh, but it is a little bit complicated. Remember back to seventh grade, Pythagorean's theorem, squares, right, right triangles, hypotenuses, diameters, all that stuff. It's all coming up. Diagonals. Here we go. Omar Abaye. Abaye said, Zarak kaveris l'rushus harabim. Gavoa yud ve'ena rechava vav. Chayev. Rechava vav potter. Okay. Abaye says, if you take a, uh, like a basket or like a little barrel kind of thing. And this barrel is round. Okay. And it's made out of reeds. Okay. So that means you kind of wove it out of reeds. So, you know, if you can imagine like vertical standing reeds and like, um, horizontal reeds kind of woven in between. And that's how they made this basket. Okay. Fine. Now, this basket is 10 tfachim tall. Okay. And its diameter is six tfachim. Okay. Well, I think we start off by saying that it, that it, um, isn't six tfachim. So we say if it isn't six tfachim, so then you're going to be potter. If it is six tfachim, then you're going to be chayv. So let's just pretend for a second that this barrel wasn't round. Let's just say you took a container that was square. Okay. So, so let's just say you took some kind of thing that was square and it was 10 tfachim tall and it was four uh, tfachim by four tfachim in terms of its length and width. Okay. If you take that thing, so i.e. it's a rishasayachid. It's like a kli, that's a rishasayachid. It's like a movable rishasayachid, right? 10 tfachim tall, four tfachim by four tfachim wide. If you would take this object and, um, you would stand, and it says, right, you threw it lirishasarabim. Okay. So you're standing in rishasayachid and you would chuck this rishasayachid into rishasarabim you'd be potter because you're only chayev for throwing a kli from one rishus to the other. And we learned that out, as Rashi says, we learned it out from the um, needles that they would uh, pass, I guess, to each other when they were building the Mishkan. So those are kalim. Not if you throw a rishus. So if you'd pick up this object that is 10 tfachim tall and 4 tfachim by 4 tfachim wide and you throw that from rishus ayachin into rishus arabim, you'd be potter. Okay? And if it wasn't 4 tfachim by 4 tfachim wide, you would be chayv because then you're just throwing an object from Rishasayachet to Rishasarabim. Fine. Now, the thing is that over here, this thing that you're throwing isn't square. It's round. So if I understand correctly, we're basically trying to um, figure out what the area of a circle you know, uh, would be. Basically, how to create a circle with the same area as a square. Right. If by if if the area of the square would be four tfachim by four tfachim, right, the size of the square would be four by four. What would have to be the diameter of a circle in order for the circle to have the same area as the square? Now, this is a question. You know, in the time so Rashi, well, the Gemara was like fifteen hundred years ago. Rashi was like I don't know, like the nine hundreds or something like that. Still in the time of uh, Leonardo da Vinci. He, he still spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to square a circle, right? How to basically, if I understand correctly, I, I read the Walter Isaacson biography of Leonardo da Vinci. He spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to square a circle, how to basically create a square with the same uh, area as a circle. So it sounds like already in the, and he was in the 1400s or whatever, it sounds like it was still an unsolved problem, at least the way I understand it. So here's the Gemara's approach. We're going to see that with our car, our current knowledge of how to calculate the um, 
area of a circle, this would be uh, incorrect, but it's, but it's interesting. So what Abaye is saying is that in order for the circle to have the same area as the square, assuming that they're trying to get area, which I assume they are, um, but maybe not, I don't know. They're saying that that circle would have to have the same, the diameter of that circle, okay, would have to be the same as the diagonal of the square, which is interesting because it shows you their knowledge of Pythagorean's theorem. Basically, the way that they assume is that if you have a square that is one tefach by one tefach, okay, then the diagonal of that square is going to be one tefach and two-fifths of a tefach, i.e. 1.4 tefachim. And if you do uh, Pythagorean's theorem, which is a squared plus b squared equals c squared, it comes out that um, the diameter is, uh, the, the diagonal will be 1.41 and one tef, one and two-fifths tefachim is, is 1.4. So it's off by just slightly. And then if you're talking about a um, uh, square that is four tefachim by four tefachim, i.e. four by four. So then using um, the Gemara's kind of way of doing one tefach by one tefach is 1.4 tefachim. So then four tefachim by four by four tefachim would be 5.6 tefachim. And using uh, the, the diagonal would be 5.6 tefachim. Using Pythagorean's theorem, it would be 5.65. So it's really fairly accurate. Um, and then what we're saying is that therefore, therefore, because a square whose two sides are four would have a diagonal of 5.65 uh, or 5.6. So we're saying that if now translating this into a circle, if we assume that that to get a circle with the same area of the square, the circle would have to have a diameter who's the same as the um, diagonal of the square. Well, then we need, so if the circle if, the, if this round um, barrel that you're throwing is five tefachim, i.e. it's less than 5.6 tefachim, if the diameter of it is five tefachim, so we're saying that that's going to be too small. It's not going to be a rishasayachid, and it'll be like you're just throwing an object, and therefore you're going to be chayev for throwing from rishasayachid to rishasayachid. However, if the object is six tefachim in diameter, well then it is above, sort of, it is more than 5.6 uh, tfachim, which is the, which is the, uh, diagonal of that square. And we're going to say that you're going to be, um, uh, you're going to be potter because you then threw a rishus hayachid from rishus hayachid into rishus rabbim and therefore you'd be potter. And cool. And Rashi says, why would, uh, uh, say that if it's less than six, you would be chayev, even though, um, really, if it's anything more than 5.6, you would be uh, uh, Potter, because it's already would be con that would be the 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 the, the diagonal. Um, Rashi, because you just wanted to give full numbers, but yeah, anything above five point six, you'd only be chayv midra banan anyways. You wouldn't be chayv midra isa. Um, now, using um, com current uh, uh, mathematical theory in terms of finding out the area of a circle, I believe, which is basically area is equal to pi times radius squared. So then, uh, I believe that. Um, it would come out to you, the, the, the the diameter would have to be about um, 4.5, uh, uh, 4.5, which means anything above. Uh, so five would already be considered large enough, I think. But uh, yeah, the Gemara is assuming that uh, five is too small because they're doing it based on the diagonal of the triangle. 
Um, but yeah, super duper interesting. So, Amar Abaye Zar Kaveres Lushus Arabim Gavua Yud Ve'ena Ruchavavav. So if you throw this barrel from Shusayachid into Shus Arabim and it's ten Tfachim tall, but it's not six Tfachim wide, the 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 diameter is less than six Tfachim. Um, so then you would be Chayev. Um, because you threw basically a um, an object, ruchavavav pater. But if the diameter is six, so then you would be patur because um, you threw a rishus. That's already considered rishus yachad. Rava amar afilu ena ruchavavav pater. Rava says, forget about finding areas of squares and circles. It really doesn't matter. Even if it's not six tfachim in diameter, you would still be pater because my timer. Because if it's ten tfachim tall, certainly there are going to be some of the reeds, the vertical reeds that are making up this uh, barrel, that are going to be above ten tfachim. It's not going to be exact. It's not going to be perfect, and therefore that that part of it, therefore, is going to be in a makom p'tur, and therefore, um, since part of it's in a makom p'tur, you're going to be putter for the whole thing. Kafa al piha. What if you um, flip over this barrel? So now the opening, the opened bottom is on the bottom, and the and the and the and the, the bottom is on top. Okay. So meaning the open part is face down, and and the closed part is on top. So and then you throw it like that, face down. So shiva vamashu chayev shiva vamechza pater. So if you flip it around, flip it on its head. And then you throw it. So if it's a shiva vamashu, so let's just call it 7.1 tfachim. So you're going to be chayav for throwing it. Because remember lavud. Lavud means that when it comes to walls, mechitzos, we can apply this halachla Moshe Misinai, which says that if it's within three tfachim, it can be considered connected. And therefore, if this um, uh, barrel is like 7.1 tfachim tall, so if you now throw it, once it gets within three tfachim of the ground, so let's call that 2.9 tfachim, so then it's already going to be considered lavud, like it's connected to the ground, but now 7.1 plus 2.9 is 10. So it's all going to be within Rishus Harabim and you're going to be chayav. However, we're saying if it's 7.5, and, and Rashi points out even if it's 7 and 2 mashahus, so keilu, let's call that 7.2, so then you would be putter because once it gets within three tfachim of the ground, so let's call that 2.9, so it's considered connected to the ground and 7.9, uh, 7.2 plus 2.9 is going to be 10.1, which means that point, part of, uh, this barrel is going to be in the Malcolm Pitur and therefore you're going to be Potter. Ravashi isn't going to hear of this and he's going to say, no, even, even if it's seven and a half tfachim, i.e., and part of it's going to be in Malcolm Tour, it doesn't matter because you're not really supposed to be flipping over barrels. Barrels are supposed to be right side up. So don't flip it over and then, cons- and then start making, you know, cheshbainis about, uh, lavud. And rather, if you throw this barrel, you're going to be chayev and that is that. Amr Ula said Ula. Amud Tisha Bereshus Arabim, Verabim Chat Fenalav, Vizarak Venachal Gabav, Chayev. So if you have a, uh, a pillar in Rishus Arabim, okay, and lots of people use this pillar because they like, you know, if they're carrying something, they'll just drop it on the pillar for a second to like fix it, you know, reposition it and move on. 
Okay. Vizorak v'nachagabov. And you're in Rishus, let's just say you're in Rishus Arabim, and you throw something Dalad Amos, and it lands on this thing. So, now on the one hand you might say, well, it's only nine Tfachim tall. And therefore, if it's, you know, if it's less than Dalad al Dalad, so now I think it's a Makam Ptur. And I'll be positive for throwing a Dalad Amos. However, we are saying that um, even if it would be less than Dalad al Dalad, you'd still be Chayv. Because since people use it to put their stuff on it, so it becomes a Tzorech Harabim. And because, right, it says, right, the Tzorech Lerabim, that many people need it. And because many people need it, it becomes part of Rishus Harabim. And it's Ke'ilu, you threw something, Dalad Amos, and it landed in Rishus Harabim. Although if, it, if, although if it's not Dalad al Dalad, so then, interesting, even if it, even if it's not a Makam, if it's not Dalad al Dalad, then it, it shouldn't be considered a Makam Chashub. That's interesting. If it's not a Makam Chashub, so Mistama you would be, Patrick is not a Makam Chashub, no? So that, oh, but you can even say, okay, fine. So then, so then let's say that it is a Makam Dalad al Dalad. You would still, right, so even if it is a Makam Dalad al Dalad, so it landed on a Makam Chashub, okay, and you threw it Arba Amos, and we're saying that it's not a Carmelist, however, and, right, because even though a Carmelist is also Midirabanan, you would still be, it would be Patravalasar. And therefore, fine. So let's say that it is Dalad Amo. So let's say that it is Dalad Tfachim by Dalad Tfachim. And, but it's only nine Tfachim tall, so it's not a Rishasayachid. So you would think that you would be Pater because it's landing in a Carmelist. No, you're actually Chayav because, uh, people use it. And therefore, it's considered part of Rishasayachid. And, uh, and, and therefore, you're going to be hired for throwing something Dalid Amos in Rishus Arabin. Fine. My time, Well, because Pachos Mishlosha Midras Darse Le Rabin. Well, if it's less than three Tvachim uh, from the ground, well, then people will step on it and it's just going to be considered part of Rishus Arabin. Okay. Mishlosha Vaad Tisha, from three Tvachim until nine Tvachim, so Lo Midras Darse Le, Lo Katufe Mechatfe. So from three tfachim until nine tfachim, well, people aren't going to step on it anymore. And people also aren't going to use it to fix their burdens because it's uncomfortable, it's too low. So therefore, it would just be considered like a karmelis. And you would, uh, be pot, it would be to throw onto it. But once it's nine tfachim, even though it's still a karmelis, people are certainly uh, using it and therefore becomes a tzorech rabim and therefore you're going to be chayib for throwing dalad amos onto this um, thing. So Abai says to Rav Yosef, what about, what about a guma? What, what about a hole in the ground that is nine tfachim deep? Do we, right, and then some people might leave things in this hole and go like run some errands and come back and pick it up, you know, later. So, you know, it, it's considered right? It's not like you know, everyone wants to use it, but like if I need to stash something somewhere, so, so I'll use it. So the question is, is that considered enough to be considered a tzorech rabim to say that these holes that are not nine, that are nine tvachim deep would be considered part of a shusarabim? So Amr le v'chein beguma. So Rav Yosef, said, Rav Yosef said that the same thing applies to aguma. These holes in the ground in shusarabim that are nine tvachim deep would be considered shusarabim. Rava Amar, Beguma lo. 
Rava said no. A, a hole in Rishus Rabbim would not be considered um, Rishus Rabbim. My time atashmish aideadchak lo shmeitashmish. Because if you have to use something aideadchak, meaning as opposed to the um, pillar in Rishus Rabbim, which is like it's just very convenient to use, right? So therefore, it's considered part, part of Rishus Rabbim. It's not ideal to have to stash your stuff in a hole and run another errand and come back for them. You do it because you need to. Maybe it's too hard for you to carry whatever you're doing. So, you know, you do it because you need to. But that's called Tashmish Adchak, and that's not considered Tashmish, and therefore it's not considered uh, real usage, and it's not considered part of Rishus Arabim. Eisvir of Ada Barmasna Lirava. Haisa Kupaso Munachas Rishus Arabim. So Rav Adab Masna asked Akash and Rava, and he says, we have a price that says that a person had a basket that was lying in Rishus Arabim, Gavoa Asara Uchava Dalid, and it was ten tefachim tall, and it was four tefachim wide. Okay? Ein metalton lo mitochel Rishus Arabim, lo mitochel Rishus Arabim So you can't carry from Rishus Arabim and put something in it, and you can't take from it and bring it to Rishus Arabim, because that would be a hotzara Rishus Arabim, because since it's ten tefachim tall and four tefachim wide, so it's Rishus Arabim. However, if it is um, less than 4 by 4 or less than 10 tefachim tall, then you would be able to use it back and forth, right? Because if it's less than 4 by 4, it would be a makum p'tur. And even if it's 4 by 4, but it's less than 10 tefachim, even though it would be a karmelis, Rashi points out, right? Since at the end of the day, this isn't really a, you know, it, it's a metaltalin, it's a kli. Right, so therefore they're not going to say, uh, uh, um, uh, make it a Carmelis and say that you're not allowed to carry, you know, they're not going to say they're dinder abanan of a Carmelis and say that you can't carry to and from this Kli. And therefore, if it's less than 10 Tfachim or less than Dalad by Dalad, um, you will be able to kind of carry in and out of it, no problem. And then we say, beguma. And the same thing applies to a hole. So it sounds like, my lava seifa. It sounds like it's talking about the seifa that, that, you know, that you can carry in and out of this hole, just like you can carry in and out. I mean, if you have a basket that's less than 10 tefachim or less than dalad dalad, you would be able to carry in and out of it. So we're, when we say v'chein beguma, it's mistam, it's talking about that also if you have a hole that's less than 10 tefachim, you would be able to carry in and out of it. So we see that would be considered part of Rishus Arabim. Unlike Rava, who says that it wouldn't be considered part of Rishus Arabim. So he says, Lo, Arisha. No, it's talking about the Arisha, that if it is ten tefachim, then it would be also to take things in and out of it because it would be a shusayachid, uh, and that same thing would apply to a, um, hole. Okay, fine. But Rava still maintains that if it's less than ten tefachim, uh, it, it would not be considered part of a shusarabim. It would be considered a karmelis or makamptur based on the dimensions. Eisve, we have a kasha. Niskabin lishbos bershusarabim. Oh, Erevin. What does this mean? It means that on Shabbos, you're not allowed to walk more than 2,000 Amis out of your city. That is what's called Tchum Shabbos. Now, what if you want to visit your friend who's the next city over and it's 4,000 Amis away? 4,000 Amis is about, uh, what, like uh, two miles or so? No, like one mile. I think it's like a mile or something. A little more. No, 4,000 Amis, yeah, about 6,000 feet, let's say. So, yeah, I don't know, a little more than a mile, whatever it is. So let's say you want to go to your friend's house and he's 4,000 amas away. So, so what you could do is you could make an Erev Tchumen. And what an Erev Tchumen means that you, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you go out 2,000 amas out of the city and you put down a Muslim Shtei Sudas, I think. I think enough food for like two meals. And you put that down over there um, by the Tchum Shabbos. 
okay, by, by the 2,000 Amis. And then what happens is when Shabbos comes in, because you have enough food there for two meals, it's considered like you're making Shabbos in that place. And if you're making Shabbos in that place, well, then you could walk in either direction 2,000 Amos from that place, which means that you could, you know, from your city where, where you're going to actually like sleep tonight, it's within two Amos, 2,000 Amos of that place where, you may, where you're technically speaking making Shabbos. So you can walk to that place from your city. And then you can also continue walking another 2,000 Amos to get to the next city over. So now, if your kavana was to make Shabbos and Rishus Arabim, so you figured you're going to put your Mazen Shtei Sudis um, at this um, point in Rishus Harabim. You figure you're going to make it in Rishus Harabim. And that way, theoretically, if you want to, on Shabbos, when you're walking to your friend's house, if you get hungry, when you're passing by um, this food, you can eat it, right? However, the problem is, or the, what makes it complicated, is that he didn't actually just leave it out in Rishus Harabim. He saw that there was a little pit right there. So he put the food in the pit. Well, now the problem is, is that if that pit is a Rishus HaYachid, he's not going to be able to eat it on Shabbos. He doesn't have to eat it, but he has to be able to eat it, right? So, so if it's in a pit, well then he won't be able to take it out in order to eat it because that's Rishus HaYachid, he's a Rishus HaRam, will be able to have Rishus HaRishus. So, so we're going to explain what this means. But basically, all we're saying right now that if it's above ten tefachim, then it is an okay. It's a good eruv. If it's below ten tefachim, then it's then it's not a good eruv. Hey, what does this mean? Above ten tefachim, below ten tefachim. Ilem of a board is beasara. So if we're talking about a pit that that is ten tefachim deep, at least ten tefachim deep. Ulamayla the daloi veosve, ulamata the satoi veosve. And if we're saying that above means that it is higher than 10 tefachim from the bottom of the pit, and below means that it's within 10 tefachim of the bottom of the pit, well then, who cares if it's within 10 tefachim of the bottom of the pit or above 10 tefachim from the bottom of the pit? This pit is Rishus HaYachid. And as we learned earlier today, right, Rishus HaRabim Ole, right, goes up for indefinitely. So, so the entire thing is a Rishus HaYachid. I don't know if I said Rishus HaRabim just now. I meant Rishus HaYachid. Rishus HaYachid goes up indefinitely. And therefore this entire pit is a Rishus HaYachid. And therefore who cares if, if it's within 10 Tfachim of the bottom of the pit? It's in a Rishus HaYachid. And he's in Rishus HaRabim. He won't be able to eat it. Rather, it must be that no. It means that if it's above 10 Tfachim, i.e. if the pit is less than 10 Tfachim deep, so then it's considered not a Rishus Well, then he'll be able to eat it. Right? And if it's more than 10 tefachim deep, then he won't be able to eat it. And we're saying that as long as it's lower than 10 tefachim, it's a good Erev because he'll be able to take it out and eat it. Which means that if it's less than 10 tefachim, it's considered part of Rishus Harabim. Which means that Shimush Aideh Chak is Shmei Shimush. Right? That if you have this this hole in the ground of Rishus Arabim that you'll, you can use sometimes, it's considered use. And that's why it's considered part of Rishus Arabim. And that's why this guy can, you know, that, that's why it's a kosher Eruv if he puts it in a pit that's less than nine Tfachim, less than ten Tfachim, because he'll still be able to take out his Eruv and eat it if he wants to. So that's a Kashan Rava who says that a pit like this is not considered part of Rishus Arabim because we don't say Shimush Aideh Chak Shimush.
So Zimnin Mishanile Hubirshus Arabim Veruvo Bikarmelis. No, I skipped. Zimnin Mishane Le Le Huveruvo Bikarmelis. Sometimes he would answer this question by saying, No, they're both in a Carmelis. This Eruv, this hole was in a one of like it was in like an open field. And because it was in an open field, it's a Carmelis. And therefore he could take, you know, so, so this pit that's less than 10 Tfachim is a Carmelis, right? And he's in a Carmelis, so therefore he could take it out of the pit and eat it. That my Karile Rishus Arabim, well, if it's a Carmelis, then why are we calling it Rishus Arabim? Right? It says, Niskamim Lishbos Lishbos Rishus Arabim. So why are we calling it Rishus Arabim if it's a Carmelis? So the Fisha'ena Rishus Ayachid. Because just like Ula answered the other day when we called a Carmelis a Rishus Hayachid, so we say because it's not a Rishus Arabim. Here also he's called, he says, no, we're calling it Rishus Arabim because it's not a Rishus Hayachid. So if we call it Rishus Arabim, but really it's a Carmelis. Fine. Vizimnim Mishanile, and sometimes Rava would answer this question in the following way. Hu Bishus Arabim, Veiruvo Bechamelis. He says, no. Sure, the guy's in Rishus Arabim, but his Eruv is in a Carmelis. Okay, but that's a problem. You can't just take something out of a Carmelis on Shabbos. The Rebbe he de Amar called Dover Shu Mishum Shvus Logazu Alav Benashmashos. And the author of this Brisa is Rebbe, who says that when any things that are also Durabanan, they do not apply Benashmashos after Shkia before, before it says in that Benashmashos time. And therefore, at what point is it, you know, when, when you make this Erev, it's considered like you're there for Shabbos, even though you're really technically not, but it's considered like you're there because you left your Malcolm, your Muslim Malcolm Shtei Sudas over there in, in the middle of Rishasarabim. At what point do we consider that, okay, you know, he's over there for Shabbos? It's when Shabbos starts. Immediately at, at, at Shkia, immediately at, when Benash Moshe starts, right? It's Ke'ilu like, okay, his food is there, it's Shabbos. I mean, it's, his food is there. It's Ke'ilu right now uh, at Ben Hashmashos that he's making Shabbos over there. And at Ben Hashmashos, we don't, right, Durabanans don't apply, which means the fact that it's in a Carmelis, at that time, at Ben Hashmashos is irrelevant. And at that time, he would be able to take the food out of the Carmelis and eat it in the Rosh Hashanah. Therefore, um, it's considered a good Eruv, even though on Shabbos, he won't be able to take it out of the Carmelis, but it's at least, it's nonetheless a good Erev, and, um, he could continue walking to his friend. And then Rava continues and says, by the way, don't think I'm just, you know, making such a big deal here for no reason, and I'm just trying to, you know, um, push you off by saying that Tashmish Tashmish. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. Tashmish Aydeh Dlchak is not Shmei Tashmish, and therefore this hole is not considered part of Rosh Hashanah. El Adavka Kamin Alach, Ditanya, Ditanan, as we learn in the Mishnah. Okay, this is a little complicated. Im Haya Rikak Maim Versus Arabim Malechez Bo. What if you have a swamp, like a little swampy area, and there is a Rosh Hashanah that passes through it, right? I.e., Rosh Hashanah is a place where, uh, you know, a, a, a public thoroughfare. So let's say you have a path that people walk on to go like between cities or something. And there's a swamp that goes in. You got to kind of pass through this swamp at some point. So Azorik Lisocha Dalit Amos Chayev. So if you throw Dalit Amos into that swamp, you're going to be Chayev, right? I assume what it means is if you're not in the swamp, 
or if you are in the swamp. Either way. But like even if you just throw something, Dalit Amunas, and, and it lands in the swamp, right? You're going to be chayav. I think the assumption being that it's Rishis Harabim. Okay? And and how and how deep is this rikak hamayim? How deep is this swamp? It's less than ten tefachim. Okay. Okay. It's less than ten tefachim. And we're saying that if you throw something into there, you're going to be chayev because it's considered rishus harabim, right? Whether you're in the swamp and you throw dalad amos in the swamp, so you threw dalad amos in rishus harabim, or whether you're not in the swamp and you throw it for amos and lands in the swamp. Either way, you're going to be chayev because it's considered rishus harabim. So the question is, why is it considered Rishus Arabim? And Rav is going to argue that it has nothing to do with Tashmish, Aideh Adlchak Shmei Tashmish. Because that wouldn't be a reason to say that it's Rishus Arabim. Rather, it's for a different reason. Now, the crazy thing about this Mishnah is that it then says the same exact thing a second time. Literally, Mamish repeats the first line of the Mishnah. The question is, why did it repeat that same thing twice? Why did it have to mention this swamp being in Rosh Hashanah twice? And why did it have to mention that you're walking through this swamp twice? So Bishlam Rukak Rukak Trezimne, I understand why it had to mention the fact that, you know, you're going to go swimming in this swamp twice. Because because it had to teach me that I might use this um, swamp both during the summer and during the winter. Because if it would only tell me that sometimes people use this, right, 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 that people can use this swamp in the summer, well, that's Davide Inche the Karurin of Shayu. Well, that's only because it's convenient to use this, you know, to, to cool down in the summer, so they might use it. But in the winter where it's cold, you don't need to cool yourself down. If anything, you'll probably be freezing if you go in there. So then we'll say that it's not considered use, right? It's not considered properly using the swamp. And if it would say that, you know, that they can go into, that people go into the swamp during the winter, so then Agav Dematnif Makri Vinachis. I'll say it's just because people get dirty, so they need to go and clean up. I don't know why you're going into a swamp to clean up, but you're going into a swamp to clean up, so that's why people use it. But during the summer, people won't use it, and therefore, you know, using it in the summer wouldn't be considered usage. So Tzricha. So therefore, we need it to say rakak twice, to say that no matter how people are using it, right? Right, right, right. To say that people are using it, you know, whether they need to or whether they don't need to. Okay. Fine. Okay. So we're saying that, right, it says rakak twice to say that, you know, people might use this both in the summer and the winter, whether it's common to use it at that time or whether it's not common to use that 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 time so basically people are using it there is tashmish the question is is that considered enough of a tashmish to make this um swamp into a rishus harabim and the answer seems to be no how come because why do i need the mission to tell me twice that people walk through this swamp right 
Just tell me once that people walk through this swamp, obviously it's because, you know, only because they need to, because um, who wants to walk through a swamp? But why would you have to tell me that twice? Nobody ever wants to walk through the swamp, not in the summer, not during the winter. You know why it says walking through the swamp twice? To teach me a chiddush, which is, Because, Rava says, the reason why the Mishnah had to say twice that people are walking through the swamp is to teach me that it's the reason why this swamp is considered a Rishus Arabim is because people walk through it when they have no other choice and they need to walk through it. That is why it's considered a Rishus Harabim. But just the fact that people use it, even you know, even, you know, maybe in the winter when it's cold or in the summer when they're not dirty, that wouldn't be enough to make it a Rishus Harabim. It's only because people walk through it that makes it a Rishus Harabim. And therefore, Rava says, you see that Shimush Aideadchak Losh Me Shimush, and that's why a hole in Rishus Harabim is not considered Rishus Harabim. Amar of Yehuda, Hayzerza Dikane, Rama Vizakve, Rama Vizakve, Lomachai Bada Akrale. So, if you have um, these like long bundles of reeds, okay, and you figure that instead of carrying them in Rishus Harabim, you'll just lift up one side, plop it over, and then lift up another side, and plop it over. Keep on doing these like somersault kind of things with this thing. So then um, he's not going to be chayev until he actually picks it up. Okay? Might be pato avalas, but he won't be chayev until he picks it up. Amar mar. Adam omid ala iskopa. Okay, so an iskopa is a um, a threshold of a door, right? So oy, so we're almost imagining uh, like a mavoi, right? We talked about mavois the other day, right? You have Rishus Harabim, you have this alleyway that's going off of Rishus Harabim. And you can carry in this mavoi, assuming that there is a uh, lechi in the uh, mavoi, okay? Okay, if there, a lechi is basically this heker, this thing that they, you know, put up, either it's a uh, upward pole, which is a lechi, or a beam that goes from one one wall of the mavoi to the other. Um, but if there's a lechi or a kora, which serves as like a, a, a heker, not, you know, that, hey, past here is going to be Rosh Hashanah, don't carry, so then, you, so then you can carry in the mavoi, assuming that they made an error or whatever. So now what if you have a threshold to that mavoi, okay? And, and, um, zel. So you have that threshold in that mavoi. So the, the Mishnah said that you can carry, you know, you can, if somebody's standing on that threshold, you can ca- pass things back and forth between people in the mavoi, which is Rishus Ayachid, the Balabayas, right? Or you can even pass things back and forth between people in the Rishus Arabim, right? Just don't pass from the person Rishus Ayachid to the person of Shusarabim and vice versa. So the question is, why are you allowed to pass between, why are you allowed to pass back and forth with these people when you're on the, when you're on the threshold? So I'm going to a person could stand on this threshold. No tell me balabayas v'nosinlo. You could take from the balabayas and the Shusayachid in this mavoi and you can, um, you know, take and give. No tell me ani v'nosinlo. And you can uh, give it also to the poor person who's standing in Rosh Hashanah, back and forth. Hai scope my. What is this iskopa? Ilema iskopa is Rosh Hashanah. So if you're going to say it's an iskopa is Rosh Hashanah, which means that this threshold is at the you know is at the edge edge of this mavoi, okay. And the thing is that the lechi of the mavoi 
is more inward than it, i.e. this is past the lechi. So if you're coming from your chatzer and you're going in the mavoi and you see the lechi and you're like, oh wow, I shouldn't go past this lechi, the, 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 the iskopa, the threshold is just past that lechi. Okay? Well, if that case, then it wouldn't be considered Rishus Ayach, it would be considered part of Rishus Arabim. You wouldn't be allowed to carry in this threshold. So if that's the case, well then notumim mi balabayis, hamapik me Rishus Ayachid Rishus Arabim. Well then you're going to be taking something from the balabayis who's in Rishus Ayachid in the Mavoy, right? And you're going to be in Rishus Arabim, that's going to be a problem. Veli iskopis Rishus Ayachid. So let's say it's iskopis Rishus Ayachid, right? Let's say, you know, maybe it's, um, uh, 4th by 4th Fachim and it's 10th Fachim tall. Or maybe, um, maybe as Rashi says, it's under a roof. Or maybe the Lechi is on the other, maybe it's within the area of the Lechi. So it's part of the Mavoy. Well, then, no tell me Ani, how come I'll Mershusarabim, Well, how can you take from the Ani, the Ani's in Mershusarabim, you're in Mershusarabim. So how can you say they can pass and forth, pass back and forth that way? Ellie's scope is Carmelis. So let's say it's in Iskopis, it's a Carmelis. Right? Maybe it's four, four tfachim by four tfachim, but it's less than ten tfachim tall. But no tov v'nosein lichatchila, sof sofi surah mi'a isa. But it's asur midirabanan. You can't just lichatchila pass back and forth between these different parties. El iskopa mekom p'tur ba'almahu. Rather, it must be that this iskopa is a makom p'tur. Right? It's three, it's between three tfachim and ten tfachim tall, and it's, uh, less than dalad adalad. So it's a makom pitur, and that's why you could pass back and forth. Kigon delays be dalad al dalad, um, such that it's less than dalad al dalad. Great. V'chiyad v'chiyasa revdimi, right? And, it, and then it wouldn't even matter if it's ten tefachim or not. If it's less than dalad al dalad, it's a makom pitur. V'chiyad v'chiyasa revdimi am Reb Yochanan, and it's like that which when revdimi came, he said the name of Yochanan, makom she'enbo dalad al dalad tefachim. This is where I finally re- realized my mistake that I was understanding Rishus Ayachid wrong the entire time. That it needs to be four tfachim. So, right? Makom she'embo dalad al dalad tfachim. It's not four tfachim by four tfachim. Mutur levnei Rishus Ayachid vilevnei Rishus Arabim. It's permitted to both the Rishus Ayachid and the Rishus Arabim. Likatefalav to put their, you know, load down on it. Uvavachaliyachlifu. As long as you don't, you know, go from Rishus Ayachid and then by way of the Makom Tur into Rishis and vice versa. Boom. Boom, boom, boom. Amr Mari said earlier, right, don't take from the Balabais and give it to the Ani, right, and you'll be the conduit being in the Makom Tur. Don't do it vice versa. And if you did do this, you know, transfer, then uh, you're going to be Potter nonetheless. Let's say this is a kashan. Rava, the Amar Rava, Hamayver Chayfetz Mitchilas Dal Lusov Dal B'Shus Arabim. That if somebody carries something for Amos and Rishus Arabim, however, Afapisha Aviro Derech Olav Chayev. What he did was he carried it above his head, which was above ten Tefachim. So theoretically, he par- carried it for Amos and Rishus Arabim, but it went. It was going the entire time through a Makom tour. Right, because it's above ten tefachim. So kiliyada akira and anachim rishus but everything in between was pater. So and he says that you're chayiv. So let's say this is a kasha because basically here also you have akira in one rishus, right? You have an akira in rishus ayachid and anachim rishus arabim. So kilu an akira and anachim that are not allowed, but in between it went through a makom p'tur, which is pater, and we're saying that it's okay. So he said no, it's not a good proof. Hasam lo nach 
Over there, when he was um, walking for Amos and Rishus Harabim with the thing in the Makam Tur the whole time, he never put it down. And that's why he's going to be Over here, he actually put it down in the Makam Tur, and that's why he is Pater. Uh, and even Rava would agree with that. All right, Shkayach, everybody. Crazy day today, right? All that geometry and stuff like that. It was super interesting, but also somewhat complicated. Uh, stuff about Erevin and all sorts of stuff, but also important stuff about uh, just in general and also Makom uh, Petur, things like that. Uh, okay, enjoy everybody. Tomorrow is going to be the last day of like uh, all this complicated Erevin kind of things. And then um, and then we're going to move on to some sort of lighter kind of more brachosy kind of things. Peace out, y'all.